Hello, and welcome to Chronicles of a Medium. I'm your host, Maureen Hashi, psychic medium, intuitive healer. Join me for a compelling conversation into true crime, mediumship, and everything in between. December 2015. Six years ago, my life was changed when I received an interesting email with an offer I almost ignored. In fact, I did put it in the spam folder. Because I get a few offers a year for TV and radio and other various things, but they're not all legitimate, so you can see why I was a little suspicious. After careful research into this company, and much to my delight, they were indeed an actual company. So I hit reply. One conversation led to another, and a few video conference calls. A month into this process, I did my final audition with the director herself. At first I was nervous. With her credentials, I was a bit intimidated, but soon settled into the conversation as I allowed spirit to guide me. At first we made small talk. I suspect she knew I was nervous, and she was lovely about it. So I knew we were going to get along just fine. One of her questions though was, did I ever have anyone famous come through? And the truth was, up till a few nights before this, I had not. It was like spirit had been preparing me for our meeting. I can't share with you right now who came through, but spirit never disappoints because the director had a similar experience with the same person and it left us both sitting on the edge of our seat. This was the confirmation I needed and with excitement we both shared our experiences. After my audition a few weeks passed by and I sat nervously waiting, hoping that I got the part. And much to my delight, I did get the part. And it wasn't before long that, along with others, I was on my way to Los Angeles for a great big adventure, one that would change my mediumship forever. And that's how I was cast in a true crime documentary. And I'm sorry I can't tell you more about it, but for right now, this will have to do. But if you are a major network listening to my podcast, you need to buy this program because you won't be disappointed. This is my shameless plug. You are welcome. So that's how I was picked up for this true crime adventure. 
uh, with mediumship. And that's how I really became a true crime consultant. Since then, I've really had the pleasure of working on a few major shows, uh, doing some consulting work for them. Also, I can't release information on them because they really don't want you to know things until you know things, which is okay. It's kind of fun and it's part of the game. So let's get back to last week's episode because I know a lot of you struggled with the energy that had come through and I hope that you're all doing okay. Some of you I know um, chose to shut it off because of your experiences um, as you started listening and I'm so grateful you did because that's what you need to do, follow your intuition and release it because you'll never go wrong and also remember this too you have authority over the darkness the darkness does not have authority over you you choose what you let in and entertain if it does not serve you and bring you joy you simply cancel clear delete stop thinking about it and pick up something that does bring you joy that lifts your spirits and changes the energy and Be sure to tell it to get out, back off, and it's not welcome here. This show is so unique. When I first was told I got the part, I was so excited. I never thought that I'd be doing true crime to this extent. But looking through my life and everything that I'd been experiencing up to now, it made sense. Working with palliative care and dying patients, my brother's murder trial, and then doing trauma scene cleanup along with my clients of everyone dying of murder or suicide, it made sense to me that this was my path. True crime made sense. It seems like I was being trained for this all along. And this is why I experienced such hardships in my life. Because it better prepared me to have the wisdom to deal with such darkness while keeping everything in the light. Using my gifts to bring healing to the victims of violent crimes, that's really powerful for me. That's full circle. There's a lot of you that may not know this about me, but my brother was convicted of a violent crime. And this is why I'm so passionate about bringing peace and closure for victims who have experienced traumas and violence in their life. It's my way of giving back to a world that is so dark and has impacted so many in such terrible ways. found myself relating to these victims in such a different way because I really had lived through a very traumatic life myself. 
I've had a near-death experience after being struck by a drunk driver head-on and nearly losing my life, to being a teen mom, facing my brother's murder trial, and the list goes on and on and on. But I believe that I experienced all those things to really give me wisdom to assist other people, not just on the other side, but in this lifetime too. After this investigation, I was a little rattled. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Because this was something that triggered my core fear, and that was possession. And it was based on my experiences growing up in a strict religious house of fire and brimstone preacher. And I couldn't have any sound on, like no TV, nothing, because those demons would fucking talk through my electronics. And this isn't just something I heard. Anyone who was at my house could hear it too. So had the director not shared something with me, I probably would not have gone back because I certainly didn't sign up to uh, hunt demons. At least I thought in the moment. But you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I worked through that as a medium, that I found my strength and courage. And this is what she said to me that was really profound and really impacted me as a medium. She said, never doubt yourself again. You're stronger and you have the authority within you to overcome the darkness. Because when you were filming, this is what happened. When you walked out of the garage and you came back in, I couldn't see anyone's face. It was all dark with these dark little dots. And then you walked up and this bright light came with you. And I was able to see everyone's face again. So never doubt that you're walking in the light and that you're stronger than you know, because you are. This was really powerful for me. And I'm still a human. And just because I see dead people or I tune into different worlds, doesn't mean that I don't need encouragement too. I offer a lot of healing and encouragement for people and I don't seek it out, but it's so nice to get back as well. So like I said, this was a really meaningful, powerful experience for me. And so based on my fear of how I grew up with demonic forces and being rebuked all the time, you can imagine I was like really facing myself in that moment. I was looking deep into the soul of who Maureen Hashi was. Okay, this is where my departure gets fun. You think that it was crazy before? Would you hear this? So after filming, uh, we went outside, we smudged, we cleared ourselves, we loaded up the vans and the cars and off we all went to our own destinations and um, some of us were flying out early, some of us had already flown to the airport and I was heading out next. So I went back to the director's house where I'd been staying to pack up my things. And there, it was clear that I had some residual energy still with me, but I was trying not to entertain it. 
because I didn't want to give it any more airtime than it already had. And so I was waiting for my Uber. A text came as I was standing outside and I saw a black sedan sitting there and then all of a sudden it sped off and this uh, rundown blue car pulls up with this sketch bag who gets out of his car, walks over to my suitcase and tries to take it from my hand and says to me, do you need a ride? I was, I snatched it back because I'm literally vibrating still from a demonic house and horrendous murders. And so I got murder on my mind and probably was oozing murder. <laughs> so he looked at me and he's like, did you call for a ride? And I was like, yeah, who are you? So he shows me his ID and it, he was an Uber driver, but I did not trust him one little bit. So I kept my suitcase beside me and I was sitting there and he was playing on the radio uh, about a murder that had happened in broad daylight and then starts talking to me about it and it was just a few short blocks away from where I'd been staying which also I didn't know it was crazy I mean I think I did but I didn't remember I blocked it out so I pretended I was a local I didn't let him know uh, that I was a Canadian or that I wasn't from there and then he started driving and it through the the subdivision so I was like freaking out I kept texting the director and her wife and saying oh my god you know I'm gonna get murdered this guy's taking me on a scenic route and so I said to him where are you going why are you taking this way as though I knew I didn't have a clue where the fuck I was let alone where I was going so he said to me oh I I took this way because sometimes it's shorter would you prefer the highway it's like yes I actually would so he got back out in the highway and before long, I was at the airport, thankfully. I couldn't jump out of that car fast enough. And as I ran into the airport, I looked over my shoulder and he was still sitting there watching me. So two things came to mind. Either he had plans that were a little nefarious on his mind, or he was looking at me like, what the fuck is her problem? There's something wrong with that girl. Either way, I was happy to get rid of him. But here's the kicker. So the director is at her house and she sees me come out of the bedroom into the bathroom and then back in. And she's like, oh crap, Marine missed her flight. So she's trying to call her assistant to make other arrangements for me. And then she looks down at her phone and sees all these text messages thinking I'm still in the bedroom. And she starts reading them and realized I had not missed my flight. I was not there. So the apparition that she saw of me was either spirit playing tricks on her or the residual energy that I left behind because I was all over the place. I was discombobulated myself. So <laughs> then I'm on the plane and I think I waited at the airport for a little bit. I mean, I was a mess. I probably looked like I was on a bender all weekend and did some serious drugs because I was strung out. I was, my nerves were shot. I was jumping. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to eat something. So I tried eating something and having a coffee so I could just, you know, ground myself a little bit. So I get on the plane and for some reason I had a middle seat 
which was traumatic for me because I really don't like sitting in the middle. But I, at that point, I didn't care. I just wanted to sit down, relax, and zone out. I put my seatbelt on and I was resting my head on the seat in front of me. And it wasn't before long that sleep took over. I don't even think we were off the tarmac. We were probably about 30 minutes into the flight when this woman's voice got really close to my ear and she said, remember me? And then the male demon started laughing and I was like, son of a bitch. I jumped so hard, I forgot my seatbelt was on. They probably thought I was tripping out from whatever I was on. And I looked over and the woman sitting closest to the window, she was like literally leaning as close as she could to the window. (laughs) And the guy was half out of the aisle. It wasn't before long that he turned to me and said, would you like to sit on the end? Probably for both their sakes. And that was really good that he did that. I was very thankful. So (laughs) then we finally land in Edmonton. I couldn't wait to get home and it was close to midnight by this point. So once we landed and I could turn my cell phone back on, I texted my son and said to him, you need to leave my siege bundle outside with some matches, please. And then I called a cab and headed for home. When I got home, I literally poured the contents of my suitcase out on the deck, stripped down to my knickers. There I was. And at the time, I was living just off of 118 Ave so it's not a place where you want to strip down to your knickers outside while my house was secure it wasn't the best neighborhood to live in or be half naked outside but I didn't care because I did not want any of that energy coming into my house so I smudged the shit out of myself and my stuff and gathered up my suitcase with you know everything hanging out headed for the laundry room threw it in the washer and then jumped in the shower now (laughs) it continues to get interesting so I'm in the shower but I didn't want to turn on the light because I was over done I was just over it so the moonlight was coming in it felt really good to be home I love the energy of my house So I'm having a nice hot shower, but the smell of blood kept circulating my nostrils and I thought it was because I didn't shake the energy of the house I was just at. But that wasn't the case. You'll find out in the morning. So off I go to bed and I flop down on the bed and really passed out hard. So I get up in the morning and I had left the shower curtain open. I look in and there's like this thick coating of red blood all in my tub of course I check myself and that's not my issue so it only could be my roommate only to find out now this was a temporary roommate I was doing her a favor and she I'd met her through an acquaintance so I really didn't know her all that well and I had really liked her up to this point but I did notice some inconsistencies with her personality Anyway, 
she had done a blood ritual where she had saved this is going to be gross her cycle and had some ritual of blood so needless to say I didn't handle that very well I was overstimulated from my experience in Los Angeles so I literally packed her shit up put it on the deck changed the the code on the door called her and said yeah you're moving out we're done like you can take your rituals elsewhere and maybe looking back on it now I can find a little bit of softness and compassion that that would have been a harsh experience for her to come home to and not knowing where she was going to go but she did know she was going to move in with her boyfriend anyway so it all worked out in the end but I probably would have handled it a little different and a little softer <laughs> but I've forgiven myself and cut myself some slack under the circumstances because that's not <clears throat> normally how I would behave after that I found myself stuck in the vortex of the crimes, the trauma and drama of the victims, the murdering, the satanic rituals, everything that had gone on, I literally was stuck. I had to call a healer myself to come over, not once, but a few times to help me because I just couldn't pull myself out of it. The other interesting thing was is that uh, they tried to follow her home as well. She noticed them on a run trying to talk to her so that brought me a little bit of comfort because it made me go um what is happening to me have I lost my mind but no she was experiencing it too and while I wasn't happy that they followed her home I was happy that she someone also was going through something similar I learned a lot about myself as a medium the past six years like so much and really further developed my skills that I'm so thankful to have these experiences and have this confidence with my skills because even if you're new or at any stage you there's a point in your life where you go really like I've been doing this for so long what what am I doing what why do I have this? And this has been an ongoing thing for me throughout my mediumship career that I often will pause and go, WTF, why am I doing this? So despite what people say, I get a lot of ridicule, judgment, uh, criticism from my very own family who, well, bless their hearts, they're very religious and they only know what they know. And that's okay. I don't hold it against them. So <laughs> after I was done being rattled and everything settled down, life began to go back to somewhat normal. And it's during that time that I experienced so many visions and continue to with such detail that I've started drawing them out. And much to my surprise, I had found a new skill of being able to draw mind you it's not like super professional I'm not you know a skilled or honed artist 
but it's not bad. I mean, you can make out different personalities in the faces and the things that I'm drawing, which I think is really cool. So here's a good example of following your intuition, listening to spirit guide you to try new things. Because I always wanted to draw. In fact, I used to say to people, I wish I could draw this out for you. I wish I could show you what I see. And one day spirit just said to me, just draw, sit down and draw it. And I did, and I had confirmation of who I was drawing. In fact, before, oh, what's that show? It's the one where the girl has the lions and the husband goes missing, and that husband had come through. Um, Lion King? No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I think you guys know the show. I think her name is Carol or something. So I had... Uh, drew out his face and then my friend sent me a text and said hey you should watch the show as I'm watching the show the guy's face appears and I was like holy shit that's who came through that's so cool so I had confirmation quite a few times of who I was drawing and what they were there for so it's fun to branch out with your skills anyway now I'm just rambling I just want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You've been listening to Chronicles of a Medium. I'm your host, Maureen Hashi. The light in me honors the light in you. Until next time, stay cool. <laughs>